I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner. I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hi, Toddy. Venom is Vinny. Good to be with you again, friends. We are looking at a trilogy on this episode. Uh, maybe one that many of you have seen or haven't seen. Those are your two options. And uh, one that doesn't have a whole lot of fanfare. No. Um, for reasons we'll get the into. White Privilege Trilogy? Uh, yes, that's what we're talking about. No, we are talking about Urban Legend. Uh, Urban Legend, Urban Legend Final Cut, and Urban Legend Bloody... Urban Legends. Or, oh. With a Z. Oh, yes. They're from the street. <laughs> Streets. Bloody Mary. So, um, let's go around the circle here. Uh, I had seen the first Urban Legend a couple times. I seen it when it came out. Maybe once since then, but I'd never seen either of the sequels. What about you, Professor? I had also only seen the first one uh, back when it came out, and I don't think I'd seen it since. And the sequels were new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the first two in the theaters when they came out, and the third one, I think we actually got a screener of before it came out on video, because they wanted you to shell out the big bucks for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had seen the first one when it originally came out, and I'd never seen it since, and I'd never seen either of the sequels. Okay. Had an easy time getting a hold of these two, right? Ugh. <laughs> this is a chore to, ta- to, to track to, these to down. To just get them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were hard to find. So um, I think we got lucky, and uh, we had the Showtime extension on our Hulu, Carrie and I did, and so... Uh, Urban Legend, the first one, was available through there. Maybe the first and second one. Yeah. So that's how I was able to get a hold of them. I got the trilogy for pretty cheap off of Diabolic. Uh, just like a month before we decided on this. Oh, Blu-ray? Yeah, just by chance. Is it import? Yeah, Umbrella. Um, at least I think. All region? Yep. Um, but it wasn't that much. And I'd been interested in revisiting the first one and seeing the second one. Because I'd heard some good stuff about that. So... The costs of those were pretty high, so the the trilogy on Blu-ray, pretty reasonable. Yeah. So I, I pulled the trigger. Right on. Yeah, I found a third one. Family Video had the third one. Not the first one, not the second one. Hmm. All they had was Bloody Mary, so we got that for like the uh, two for a dollar, five night rental sort of thing. Hot toddy. How'd you track these down? Um, I used to own them. Um... Uh... I swear I at least own the third movie still, and I couldn't find them in my collection, couldn't find them anywhere, and I, I happened to mention that we were doing these to a friend, and she had all three. Nice. So I borrowed hers. Nice. But yeah, they're on all the millions of movie channels and access. Like, I mean, I could have rented them, but like usually rental off Amazon and stuff's not... I mean, I feel like if I've tracked these down in a, a thrift store, I could buy them cheaper than what they want to charge to rent them. Yeah. I'm telling you, we searched high and low trying to buy them. I found, we did find, finally, Final Cut at one of the pawn shops for a buck, but not. I feel like prior to this, I swear I've saw this on a lot of the, maybe not all three, but like definitely like Bloody Mary has been on a lot of the free, like Netflix and and Crackle and, yeah, yeah, couldn't find it for this. Nope. Nope. All right. That being said, how about we, how do you watch them? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, black market uh, VHS copies. I I looked and looked for the first one. All my usual spots, and I turned up nothing. I so I ended up 
watching for this podcast <laughs> for you, the listener. I ended up watching Urban Legends on YouTube, but it was only in the lower right-hand corner of the screen. Did you have to watch it in a mirror backwards? It was watermarked, and they had pitched up all of the voices. So everyone had like this squeaky chipmunky voice. And this is how I had to watch the er, the first one. The second one, uh, Grizz let me borrow. And the third one, uh, also, he sent his rental my direction to get them watched. And Which I mean, he has not returned yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, well, I crackle, I had done a Google search trying to find it. And it said Urban Legends was on Crackle. See, that is not true. It, it was not anymore. It was prior. To, I swear, like right before we. Yeah, I feel like they heard anymore. us announce this and they yanked it. Yeah, it was. They these were a, a chore. Yeah, I'm surprised at how difficult that first one is to get. I even started to get the DVD sent to your house Netflix. <laughs> yeah, and still couldn't get it. So, yeah, I yeah. think I think this is uh, early DVDs too. Like when DVDs first came out. Uh, cause I, when I put the DVD in, it looked like a VHS copy, like the, it was bad quality. Okay. So <laughs> I'm like trying to fix things on my computer. You guys are staring at me like, go talk on this show or what? Uh, so let's go ahead and launch into the first film here. Urban legend. Who's got dates and details. Uh, 1998, directed by Jamie Blanks, who would go on to do Valentine, which we have covered on the show. Uh, in this movie, you have uh, Jared Leto, Alicia Witt, Rebecca Gayhart, Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Joshua Jackson, Tara Reed, and then you got some uh, smaller parts from uh, familiar genre faces: Daniel Harris, Robert England, and Brad Dourif. Dourif. I was so glad this Tara Reed is in this movie playing a college student. Like eight years before she plays a high school student in the American Pie movies. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Loretta Devine, I think yeah. she's an essential part of the cast. Yeah, absolutely. That's right, babies. I'm going to keep y'all <laughs> safe. <laughs> Which, you know, they, you know, heaven forbid she'd be the dean of the college or anything, but. White privilege. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so, basic gist of the film. Spoiler, most of the kills revolve around urban legends. What? I know, right? Um, I really like that the film begins with uh, the classic, um, you know, somebody in the back seat sort of story. Mm -hmm. And girl pulls in to a service station. The, the guy working the service station appears to be a little creepy. And he tries to like bring her inside and lock her in, but she thinks he's the one trying to do harm to her when in reality he's trying to protect her because he saw somebody in the back seat that she didn't know about. So open it up with a classic <coughs> urban legend. And uh, I got to say, the film just keeps having fun from there. Plus, uh, you know, to, to kind of throw back to people yelling at the screen, like my dad, they're playing. <laughs> Uh, total Eclipse of the Heart, so turn around. Yeah. As she's singing and the killer's rising up in the back seat. I thought that was fun. Turn around! Uh, I guess I should say initial impressions of this film, this first one. Uh, I mean, now or first viewing or? Total. Uh, I, I think one is my favorite of the series. Um, I think it's fun. Uh, they play a lot into like... Uh, I don't know, like just like like having Robert England and and Brad and Daniel Harris and uh, there's a throwback to other horror films and and fun references and um, some of the do jokes now are a little dated, like like when uh, Josh Jackson turns on the radio and it's the Dawson's Creek theme. <laughs> um, so I imagine like if a kid watched that now, they wouldn't they wouldn't get some of it. Yeah. But there's a lot of pop culture references like sprinkled out, but but not overdone. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it still holds up. Like I still enjoy watching this. Yeah, I, I I loved it when it came out, and I still really enjoy this first film. Yeah, I enjoyed it back when it came out. Um, I 
outside of scream that whole kind of movement of uh -huh. imitations this is what i would prefer yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of to me spawned from that the self-aware and you know fairly intelligent for for teen horror yeah. um so i mean i i i don't really have a, an opinion much different over the three of them spoiler alert i just they're all serviceable um and if you're in the mood for 90s horror um I think it still holds up really well, a lot better than some. The humor was raunchier than I remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially <clears throat> for that 90s stuff is, mm -hmm. is, is like PG-13 as they kept everything. Yeah. Well, it hadn't even been that many years since you saw little Danielle Harris trick-or-treating. Right. And then you're opening the door to her. Getting with out with her Marilyn room. Manson. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, with one of the movie dorm rooms. <laughs> right. Size right. of a sprawling mansion. I, I, you know what? What was fun now, too, and you know, obviously at the time... You know, you, you didn't think about it, but the all the nostalgia that the movie has now, like the dial-up computer, yeah, and mm. uh, you know having to having a roommate that's on on the online, you can't get on the phone, and yeah. uh, I don't think there's any cell phones in the movie uh, on screen. That's what I recall. Um, I mean, you did have the the portable phones, but so I don't know. It's the nostalgia of this was fun, even though really like '98. I'm going to say it wasn't that long ago since I was a year after I graduated high school, but... <laughs> it was only 20 years ago. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Uh, let's also mention here, talking about fun and nostalgia, we see Rebecca Gayhart and we know that she is what? What do we call her? She's Nog a Noxema girl. girl, yep. right? Like, that says, oh, Noxema girl. Well, that's right? not what I know her from. What, do you know her from Heavy D's video? I know Got her from 90210. Do you know her from uh, the worst celebrity sex tape of all time? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know nothing about that. I was not familiar with that. She's in one of the worst. <laughs> uh, uh, Etsy, the boringest sex video you'll ever see. Uh, Eric Dane from Grey's Anatomy, her and uh, Miss America. Um, none of them are motivated. I don't even think they actually have sex. Uh <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm checking yeah. out right now. Check it well, out. Let's uh, uh, let's move along here. <laughs> I'll say for the urban legend, I I think it's telling that I saw it once and never watched it again until now. Uh, I am not a fan of '90s horror. Um, I like the first Scream, and I'm not real crazy about anything that follows. And I feel like, and again, you can say the same thing about the '80s, but I feel like. Everything was trying to be scream and take take that feel and take that money. This is an era where every movie looks the same on the poster. This is that I know what you did last summer. Scream, Urban Legends, it's all the same kind of shit to me. Um, and I think what I don't like about that era of movies is that I don't much get a kick out of the whodunit aspect of things. I don't get as much of a kick out of a just straight up human bad guys. I like, I guess I like a little more fantasy in my, in my horror, I guess is what I'm getting at. So these don't hit for me and that's not a slight against people who do enjoy it. It's just not my cup of tea. Well, you're within rights to be wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, all right. So we go from this this first kill that we talked about. Uh, should we list some of the the urban legend kills yeah. in this? Please, Todd. Um, I, I think shortly after was Lovers Lane. Yep. So where the the couple are are making out, and uh, the it's usually the guy in the story hears the noise, and and then she, you know she feels she's being attacked. Here's the killer on the car, but it's it's really her boyfriend hanging. Yep. So and which, the, the know, sound. Everybody wants a well hung boyfriend. Scraping, you know. Uh, they also do the old pop rocks gag. They try the pop rocks oh, and coke man. sort of thing and fake like he's dying. Kind of like April Fools. Yeah. I do love in this movie, I do like the way they do pay homage to the horror of the past where they have Brad Dourif and they have Robert England and things like that. That's a nice touch. <laughs> uh, Hot Toddy has already mentioned that, but I'm glad you reiterated oh. it. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Won't you, won't you listen to this podcast? <laughs> I don't be listening when you talk. He was so fired up trying to find Rebecca Gayhart dirty films. <laughs> he didn't hear you inside. Get off, get off Pornhub. Uh, uh, Arthur, uh, do you want to throw one out? Uh, the kill? All right. Uh, 
Aren't you, Daniel Harris gets the famous, <laughs> aren't, aren't you glad, glad you didn't turn on the light? I thought we were doing it the same thing. Oh, yeah. aren't, aren't you glad you didn't, <laughs> you didn't finish? I'm going to break character here, too. One thing I wish that they would have done with this movie was spell that out more, which is kind of surprising for me to say about a teen horror movie. But with the urban legends, I mean, I think there's a lot of people, myself included, who aren't obsessively well-versed in urban legends. So some of that stuff, like when you guys mention that, I never really think of it. As an urban legend, I just think of it as what she's talking about. You could tell me every Charlie Chaplin movie, but you can't yeah. tell me if it's an urban legend. I feel, like, much. I feel like they tried to ex- ex- over-explain, like not not about the legends, but like the, what urban legends was, which I thought was weird. But uh, to me, I think I got a lot of these just from growing up on the the scary stories to yeah. to tell in the dark. Yeah, right. Because um, I, I think probably by some of the sequels, like some of them, I'm like, is that an urban legend? Like, is what is real? this? There's a scene where they're all sitting in, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be the Student Union Center or whatever, that looks a lot like Central Perk. From oh, yeah, Friends. from Friends. Yeah, I, <laughs> a I remember lot that. Like yeah. That. yeah. Um, so, what about when that old man gets his Achilles tendon cut in the parking lot? I, I used to have a, a fear of a killer in the back seat. Like, there's a, there's an old movie with uh, Eric Roberts and um, Lance Hendrickson. I think it's called Nature of the Beast. So I would uh, I actually had a habit of I had an old Cutlass Supreme. I would open the door and then like lift the seat up just to check before I got in the car. So this movie, uh, I think I think he even looks in his back seat and then the killer's in the car and I was like, well, I never thought about that. So now I'm gonna have to like check the back seat and underneath <laughs> my car. I always look in the back seat of my car when I get in. That, but that's from Halloween. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of that for me came from Halloween. Yeah. Oof, man. Three out of four, well, checking the back seat. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're not all rednecks that just get in a big ass truck. <laughs> yeah, there's someone in my back seat. I'm just grabbing the gun right next to my seat. <laughs> they already got it. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what about how Tara Reed, when she gets killed, is dressed like Tiffany from Bride of Chucky? <laughs> she's got a black leather jacket on a white dress yeah. black boots the same size as the tiffany doll <laughs> <laughs> what about that there's no affirmative action at the college and there's no black students right <laughs> just the security guard baby we do get some foxy brown yeah oh yeah she's throwing down on some foxy brown what about how there's a dog in a microwave man that that part that's fucked That's up. why Did, Brian Blair doesn't own these. Yeah, no shit. So I, I don't. I think when I first watched this, I don't think I knew who um, Michael Rosenbaum was. But after being a huge Smallville fan, anytime I see him with hair, it weirds me out. <laughs> I make the connection. I know what you mean now, though. Uh, we get a nice uh, Friday the Thirteenth body reveal ending. You know, all the all the dead bodies popping out. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, we we almost get to the uh, kidney heist too. The kidney heist, is yeah, mentioned. yeah, that's another one in there. All right. Uh, well, that before we before we spoil the end here, you guys got any more to say? Any more high spots? Uh, I like that the killer wears the hottest trend from the Gap, <laughs> since everybody uh, on campus wears the same boots and same coat. Yeah. Whether you're a girl in a bikini going swimming or. Or the killer. Or the killer. Professor, anything you'd like to add? Not anything to dig in on much wow. of these. I mean, like, I enjoy them, but there's just not much conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no meat and potatoes to yeah. these. So I will, I will say, uh, initial viewing of this, the first time I watched it, I was probably actually even scared to where, like, if they would have just ended before the reveal, I might have felt paranoid walking away. But when they reveal who the killer is, like, my first thought, and there's a joke in the movie later on, but I'm like, really? It's the Nagzima girl? Oh, yeah. It barely makes any sense, if you ask me. Like, the the, the way they reach to connect <laughs> well, she, to it. Uh, and then the, she has her, a slideshow presentation of why she's <laughs> killing. And her acting is so over the top during I that thought she end. was great at playing oh, crazy. She did play crazy pretty good. Okay. I didn't mind you. her playing crazy, but I just, I think she wasn't a, the reveal wasn't threatening anymore as a... I think I just missed the days where, uh, you know, it works for Scream, and I still like this movie, but I kind of like when the killer is just like, even if you unmask them, they're fucked up, and they're scary looking, and 
You know, like like when they would Jason wore a mask, but when you finally took the bag off his head, you were like, "Oh crap!" Well, put the bag back on, son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's uh, Urban Legend. I did like them using the the origins with that Urban Legend because that's one I always knew because I always thought it was scary with the, the girl? with the flashing of the lights. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That if you did that, the it was gang, gang members. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing that in middle school. So. Yep. Oh, well, and I was also told in elementary school that my uh, BK shoes, which stood for British Knights, <laughs> uh, were going to get me killed because it actually uh, was viewed as blood killers. <laughs> And I went home and told my mom, who had uh, just bought those shoes for me for a new school year, she said, uh, Ryan, I, I, I don't think the bloods are going to be after a third grader. You're wearing the shoes. Because I was like, I can't wear these. She's the like, bloods in you're Richmond. Wearing them. Yeah. She's, She's like, like uh, you're wearing them. You're, you're dead because I just, I just paid 60 bucks for these. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did think that one was fun because that's one I, always, I still think of. Like yeah. when somebody's driving by with the brights on, I'm like, meh, just let them go. I like, uh, I like it. The, or the, off. The uh, the very end where uh, it's new students at a new college and they're talking about the yeah. the urban legend and now the college. But I just thought it was a nice touch that she's wearing a ribbon around her neck. So it's, it made me think of uh, oh, the story the of... story where they the guy gets the girl to take her scarf off and her head falls off. Remind well, me after this, I got a great meme of that. Damn, show. that thing too. I need I, to learn a lot. And I was like, <laughs> with that ending too, I was like, you want okay, my we, scary stories? It's like we already had one spot where she should have been dead. She wasn't. Oh shit! And then there's a whole second part. And it's like, okay, so that still didn't kill her. Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't know science. <laughs> Apparently not. A ninety pound girl is very deadly. Yeah. That's right. Well, <laughs> folks, urban legend. I'd recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. You know, you're right. It may not have as much depth, but it is. It's it's definitely but a, a joy ride. In fairness, it executed what it set out to. That's right. And it did it properly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it was never meant to be anything and deeper or gorier. It was just... I don't think this one's as a, as self-aware as Scream is, so they did the fun horror movie, like even Urban Legend and horror movie references. So, yeah, yeah. I, I recommend this movie. Yeah. yeah. Say so watch it once at least, to say you've seen it, if you're a genre fan. Sad Sally. Trying to bring that down. <laughs> A little crybaby. <laughs> sometimes you like shit, sometimes you don't, fellas. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Urban Legend, Final Cut. Urban Legends, Final Cut. Uh, give me some dates and details. Uh, came out in 2000, uh, starring Jennifer Morrison, who horror fans would know from Stir of Echoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Lawrence, Eva Mendez. That was Joe and, Lawrence. Sorry. Joseph jo- Lawrence. Joseph Lawrence. He's mature now. Eva Mendez, yes, Anthony so- Anderson, and Jacinda Barrett. I forgot Anthony Anderson was in this I movie. I was surprised at, at, at the cast of this movie. Yeah. Well, because uh, this is before he was known for anything either. So it's just, uh, one of the, I guarantee when I watched it the first time, I had no idea who he was. So watching it now, I forgot he was even in this movie. Did you mention Loretta Devine again? No, I did. That was our link. Yeah. Loretta Divine. <laughs> I'm gonna keep y'all safe, babies. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. Uh, so, Alright, so Urban Legend Final Cut. Uh, our security guard returns, which was my favorite thing about this movie. Did you, um, did you guys uh I kept trying to place uh the professor, which the name didn't even ring a bell, like Hart Hart Bachner, but he's the dude from Die Hard. Oh, Hans yeah. Gruber? No, not Hans Gruber. <laughs> the dude that uh, that works with uh, his wife with the beard. Oh, yeah, that yeah, That thinks yeah. he's going to like worm his way out of uh, yep. the hostage situation. Yep. I, what are you talking about now? <laughs> not everybody's Hans Gruber. Well, I mean, when he falls off the building in the movie, I just thought, oh, yeah, I remember that happening elsewhere. No, uh, so... <laughs> Look, there's a dead hooker in a train. <laughs> So, uh, right off the bat, we get a fun urban legend kidney. Which was supposed to be the ending of the, you know, the first film, but it didn't happen because they, they intervened. Yep, they botched it. Uh, so, I just want to say right off the bat, um, well, let's, should we do initial thoughts? Okay, initial thoughts, probably my least favorite of the trilogy. Not a bad movie, still fun has some high spots things like that um but definitely my least favorite first time viewing 
Uh, it probably won't be popular. I enjoyed this one the most out of the three. Oh, I knew it. I called that one. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because it had to do with the movie business. Maybe. Because <laughs> it was like Scream 3? Yeah, it kind of was, but <laughs> better. Um, <laughs> I, I remember watching this a lot when it came out. Um, always thought it was great. And then re-watching it, I'm like, <clears throat> it's not horrible. It's not what I remember. And it's it's obviously very forgettable because I forgot half of this movie. So, um, I don't know. I think they kind of, were in, in my opinion, they worked their way down. Um, but I, I definitely felt differently about this one and the third one than when I first watched them. I, uh, I think you know what you're getting into when a movie stars Joey Lawrence. Whoa. Uh, so I think your expectations should be set based on that pretty easily. I think Sir Blossom is an excellent television show. <laughs> I think that this is the worst of the three. I, I, I think, I think something that I, I, I might not have noticed the first time, but all the fun stuff, again, like how we talked on the last podcast, but all the, all the fun stuff like the horror stars and, and all these fun references is gone. Mm-hmm. And then there are a lot of cool film references now because they're in film school, but... Um, I'm going to repeat everything you just said here. Yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Take your sunglasses off. <laughs> uh, so, here's my biggest... So, it's, it's kind of like it's, miss, it's missing the spunk of the first movie. I would agree. And I think where that's lost in this one, and I'm I'm glad, Professor, I'm glad this is your favorite of the three because I want to hear your perspective. My biggest complaint with this film, and like I said, it's not a bad movie. I don't dislike it. I do. It's just my least favorite. No, it's not. Film. It's not. I mean, it's, it's splitting hairs with yeah. these yeah. three movies. I mean, I just rewatched it's... Leprechaun Four yesterday, and it reminds <laughs> me of how good so other movies are. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Um, so there's just the, the urban legends in this film are lacking. It's a it's it's a film called Urban Legends, Final Cut. And I know they're making a student film about urban legends, but there's just not enough urban legend kills. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I, I didn't relate to the, the kills in this one to I mean the first one that the kidney heist is a popular sure. urban legend. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think this movie's missing something and it's kind of weird too that um it's a different tone, different feeling. So it's strange that they still followed up with making it in a college setting again. Because they could, I mean, it's called Urban Legend. They could literally do anything with these, with these movies. And then the, even the killer like has a weird look. He's just using like a fencing mask now and like an S and M raincoat. That fencing mask <laughs> was pretty weak sauce, I thought. Yeah. So I don't. I, I think maybe if they decided. Uh, to take it, you know, um, it's weird that all, all these like movies, they're always, even if it's 40 year olds, they're in high school. So to me, urban legend would be perfect for uh, high school or even if uh, they wanted to be brave and got actual teenagers and do like little kids or, or like in a middle school, urban legend would be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Professor, lay some. Play some insight on us here. Oh, just on, on my thoughts and why yeah, I liked yeah, it. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, it's important to to just stress that it was my favorite viewing in preparation for this. Yeah. It can't hold the nostalgia that the first one had. Right. For me, because I went and saw the first one. Yes. You know, years from now, I'm sure I'll still watch the first one more often than I would watch the second one. The second one just caught me off guard because, and while I do agree that the urban legends drifts off but that was part of my complaint with the first one is that they really didn't steep it up that high to begin with they really didn't set the table to to give that kind of ambiance around it you know i mean it just kind of started just being infused into it which is fine it works but for me the the third act of this film is more entertaining than anything out of the three like from the gore in one particular scene with rats uh, to playing in with the movie sets. And it's it's very clearly ripping off screen. I mean, but that's what I like about it. Yeah. I thought that for a sequel, it was incredibly ambitious. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't really a, a fitting sequel, I like the small college town feel that they have there. It almost feels otherworldly. Like, it just doesn't feel like a normal uh, college town. Um and this film school where they clearly have these 
ridiculous resources to to use but you know just the way that they play in uh kind of creative ways to make it messy mm-hmm. with with the filmmaking even something as simple as knocking over a thing of guns and you've got one real one in there yeah and i just to <laughs> me that last act i was just it was like completely just caught me off guard mm-hmm. because I went into these expecting two and three to be kind of rough. I'd heard the traction picking up for part two. Mainly, I think its biggest champion is Rob G on Shockwaves. Mm -hmm. And he kind of sparked my interest for it. Okay. Uh, Just hearing them talk about it on the show, I was like, maybe I need to watch that. And that's what inspired me to get the trilogy when I saw it for cheap because they'd been so expensive. And so even still, I wasn't expecting much. And so I just thought it was, for what it is, an overachieving film compared to a simple much less uh, involved script. It could have just been a slice and dice or completely mimic the first one. And, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. did their own thing. They really did. That's and, a good point. And to me, that's what I liked about it. So, yeah. it, it has a darker tone too, which yeah. is, it's not always a bad thing. Cause I mean, sometimes you got to go there with the, you know, unless it's just a copycat sequel, which a lot of these, especially at this point in time, a lot of movies just home alone, their sequels and just in a different setting. Um, but I, I definitely like, I think one of the biggest, uh, influences of the film, I do like the Hitchcock stuff, um, down to like, even the, the end credits have, has the Alfred Hitchcock presents theme. Um, the director I wasn't familiar with, but I knew his name. So when I looked it up, I realized, um, he really hasn't done much in film. He's actually a film composer. That's done a lot of movies. Hmm. So that's where, uh, that's cool. John, John Ottman, I, I, again, I like, I knew the name. I just didn't know where I knew it from and. So, um, after this, he's like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to hang <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, I don't, I don't feel, I mean, if you feel like this is a bad movie, you've never, you've never seen a bad movie. So. Yeah, for sure. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> when I pass notes, it's not about you. What you're saying. Why y'all whispering and shit? <laughs> Side jokes. Side jokes. Uh, Vinny, you got anything more to say about this one? No, <laughs> about them rats on the neck. What about uh? What about and, some oh, of the kills? Was, there was some, there was some, like uh, in the beginning when the girl's trying to climb out the window. This is spirit kill. Sticks the hand in the incision. Ugh, yeah. that 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 made me squirm in my chair while I was watching. That was effective. Um, I don't know. Um, again, I wasn't expecting anything great because you know Joey Lawrence. Sequel to a movie that I wasn't exactly well, thrilled with. The but you were on start. Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, come on. You better call his mom. You might give me a break. Mama's family. Vicky Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> Is that his mom? Yeah, that's his mom. Anyway. Really? Yes. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and PJ Soul's, PJ Soul's house in Halloween is Mama's family's house. What? So Whoa. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't expect great things from this movie. Uh, it was good enough for a watch. I, I will never watch it again. But, yeah. Um, I like the bodies in the haunted house urban legend that they played yeah. into. I think the animatronic miners were creepy <laughs> in that spot where they were filming. Uh, this one also revisits the Friday the 13th style body reveal ending. All the yeah. bodies popping up at the same place. And then uh, we find out... As we're all trying to guess who our killer is and what the connection is to the first movie, we find out it's the bitter film professor. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't remember what was his reasoning. He, uh, the, he basically killed a kid, a student, because his film was so good. Oh, and he tried to... And he was, that he was, was a failed He was a failed filmmaker, and he was trying to get back to Hollywood, and this film was so good that he thought... I could t- I could ride with this. Those who can't do teach. And so you have the kid that's distraught on his porch. That's right. And which is very somber for, you know, a, a teen horror movie uh, who's upset over the grade he's gotten. And then, you know, we pan up in the evening of that night. You hear the gunshot. And then, you know, the teacher addresses it with the kids the next day that, you know, he's killed himself over basically he's failed. That was his thesis video. Yeah. And, um, Come to find out, you know, with the reveal at the end, the professor actually did that. Yep. And they they tracked it down. And then he had like a twin brother. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of again, almost like a weird Hitchcock. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're. I think you're giving it too much credit by calling it Hitchcock. Well, 
really, they call it Hitchcock. I think, he got on me on the Valentine's Day episode for that. I, I think you, I bad. think you churching it up. <laughs> it reminds me of like if if Rob Zombie did Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> but but I was gonna say though the great thing about it though is that that is a way to in kind of trap yeah in situations because yeah. that face is supposed to be dead mm-hmm. and so I I don't know I just I thought that it was very it took its audience serious more serious than most movies do for teen horror yes at, with the writing and, and that may have been that may have been why it didn't hit with me as much because as i said i didn't dislike this film but i was yeah. expecting more campy fun yeah. like the first one and this wasn't it's like campy the complete fun. this one was serious yeah. yeah it's like this should have been the first film yeah yeah no, i respect that it's a good point it's a good point and then uh loretta divine saves the day again with her foxy brown <laughs> go get you took care of <laughs> they incorporate uh, coffee in there as well another uh, solid pam greer yep and then uh a fun little ending in the asylum Re- rebecca gayhart rebecca gayhart i, th- I thought returns. that ending was better than the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> I thought that callback ending was great. And what kind of music Supposedly plays? Supposedly Joey Lawrence wrote that. <laughs> and what music plays as she Whoa. wheels the person away? Really? I just said this ten minutes ago, but Alfred Hitchcock presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. i got to lay off the peyote. And this is the last time I'm on the show. <laughs> I'm having more fun recording this episode than I did watching the movies, I'll tell you that. <laughs> So it was very Because we're talking at normal speed. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anything more to say on Urban Legends? Nah. Final cut. I, I will say, uh, rolling in, because I, I looked it up, because uh, I know straight to video was hot when, when 3 came out. But, I mean, both 1 and 2 made money. Uh, I think 2 made a lot less. And, and so that's probably why the, the decision to do a straight to video sequel instead of a theatrical. But that leads us to uh, the th- third film. Urban Legends, Bloody Mary. Got any dates and details for me, friend? Uh, 2005, directed by Mary Lambert, who also did Pet Cemetery, Written by Michael Dotry, who did Trick or Treat. And uh, we have Kate Mara. And we also have Rooney Mara in her first role. She is the girl in the classroom talking shit. Who, who, who uh, has the friend come up and tell her to, she ought to mind her own business. Uh, that is Rooney long before her career had gotten started. That's her first uh, role in anything. Um, Don Shanks is Coach Jacoby, and he played Michael Myers in Part 5. And um, I think that's about it for this one. Okay. Um, initial thoughts going around. First time viewing it, and actually had, I, I shockingly had fun with this one. Like, I just thought... With as much as I wasn't crazy about the second one, I thought, oh boy, a third film in the series. I don't know about this, but pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. I have one major gripe, and that's it. And I'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, I enjoyed it um, when it was on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Season 1, <laughs> Episode 12, 12, The Tale of the Prom Queen. <laughs> uh, it was all right. It, it's it, For me... Um, I was I was kind of disappointed just going into it based on who was behind it, um, with the director and the writer for it to be something that has kind of been done numerous times with you know the prom queen kind of story. Um, but it's serviceable. I mean, it, it's part three and basically a teen horror series, so mm-hmm. it's still entertaining enough. Yeah. Um, first time I watched it, um, I don't know. I remember watching this one quite a bit, and I was um. I actually feel differently watching it now. I, I didn't like it as much. Um, I can relate to the characters and kind of some of it's hard to watch. And I think it's going from watching them back to back um, where the first couple, at least, you know, I think they were made for 12 million a piece. This one was made for 3 million and felt like a bad TV movie at times, and especially that Mary Lambert. Cause I mean, she did really good on pet cemetery and um, I mean, even pet cemetery too was at least, directed like the it looked nice um i don't know this one didn't stand up as much re-watching it so um i feel like the the same story but you beefed up the characters had better actors so i think if they would have just threw money its way 
this would have been a better movie. And it, it's also strange too that the first two movies have kind of a, a, a similar direction, and then this is the one where the actual urban legend is the is killing instead of the killer using urban legends to to kill. I uh, this is my first time seeing this, and I actually enjoyed this one more than the other two. I like this. Whoa. One. <laughs> I like this one. I like this one the best out of the series, and I can tell you, and I know exactly why. It's because teen pillow fights. Like I like I said earlier, uh, I like a little more fantasy in my horror, and this yeah. absolutely had that. It had a supernatural element to it, and so that speaks to the things that I like in general more. And so I I actually enjoyed this one more than the other two. Well, well, well. How interesting is that? So, um, so we open up with a dance, you know, they're at a, what would you say? 50s, 60s, 1969. Yeah, I'd say 60s. It had the date. 69. The dance started at 420 in the afternoon. Um, so, yes. So, uh, there's this dance and, uh, they're trying to humiliate some girls, and they're putting a little something in their drinks. Do they have roofies in '69? I I think back then they called it Spanish Fly. Oh. Um, so Vinny, you know about Spanish Fly? You're old. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, girl gets uh, accidentally killed, if you will. Yeah, some accidentally pushed down and killed and shoved into a trunk never to be found again it's yeah it happens guy shoves her she hits her head and it kills her so he hides her body in a trunk yeah. accidentally yeah <laughs> allegedly well there's something to be said for being decisive it's like, well, i'll just go ahead and lock her up in here and assume that she there's no chance you gotta make a choice every once yeah. in a while i'm like and so we fast forward and we're in that same town. Um, we know that some things are related, but we don't know how yet. And they, the story goes through to, to find out. Basically, uh, the ghost of this girl is killing people. Mary. Yes, Bloody Mary, if you will, is, uh, is killing people and we got to figure out why and how <laughs> I will say something that I did like is I don't think they ever try to insinuate that this is the actual bloody Mary. Right. I kind of took it that when it goes present day that the girls doing the bloody Mary in the town kind of resurrects the girl's ghost, not actual bloody Mary, which is on like the first time I did bloody Mary. I also got my first period that day. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I won't say what happened when I said candy. Who Mary. hasn't been there? <laughs> You know, um, so we've got our main girls and they're having their little slumber party because they're not going to prom because they ratted on the football team for doing something wrong. And they're like, you know what? We don't need to get prom. We don't, you know, we want to get mixed up in that. And then they go missing. And it's like, whoa, are the same date rapey guys from 1969 coming back for these girls? <laughs> and they, in fact, were drugged and taken to a an offbeat location to which they walk back from and then launches trying to figure out who did it, why they did it. And it starts their connection with bloody Mary because it's like bloody Mary wants them to help find out who did it to her. But there's other connections as well, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Guys, enthusiastic. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I will say, uh, the ghost is, is a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> She's like uh, the lazy sister to the grudge. Um, I don't know. The ghost is weird because at times uh, she is actually scary. And then other times it's just like broad daylight and bad makeup. And I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I will say there was um, some cool uh, additions to some urban legends that, that hadn't been touched. Like the uh, the spider eggs in the face. Yeah. And um, honestly, for CGI, it didn't look terrible. No. That's where you and I, yeah, I disagree. Say, <laughs> on the spider eggs? Yeah, yeah you and I bad. disagree on that. Now, I'll say this. Uh, I love all kinds of gore, but when she pops that pimple, I about barfed. That was yeah. gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I about barfed when she, when she popped it. 
But then when the spiders actually start crawling just on her face, I was like, man. I think the well, first there were two, two the, many, fir- the sure. first two didn't look bad. Yes. But then when there was a sl- there was a, a flock of spiders, and, 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 and I <laughs> and I had made a note that uh, on the when it came to those spiders, I would rather see a bad practical effect than bad CGI in a movie. Yeah. So I guess you're right. So yes, when the flock of spiders was out there, it was <laughs> too much. It was too much. But the first couple. Coming out of her face didn't look terrible. That's what I'm saying. No, okay. no, no I'll I'm not. Agree with you. I'm. I was an adult by the time this movie came out. But are there urban legends now about tanning beds? Yeah. I think so. And because this is what's interesting, I took note and I looked it up. I did too. This re- nerd alert. This reminds you of what <laughs> other movie with a tanning bed kill? Final Destination. That's right. Was this film before or after? Uh, Final Destination Two was Three. after. Was it three? Yep, it was in three. This Damn. was before oh, two was the Final stuff. Destination 3. Oh. So this was the first tanning bed kill. That's true. So. Um, and that was three. The football player with the shaggy blonde hair should play Dauber in a coach prequel. <laughs> That's not funny. It's not funny at all. When they do a coach remake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have heard uh, I've heard stories of peeing on an electric fence, so I have heard that. Yep. yep. Well, I think that might be because My we're all white trash. Roasted weenie. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does the cop say? It's oh. like somebody put his dick off. <laughs> he references it, but I'm like, what would you do if you were the cops coming up to that scene? Like, oh, little Billy. Ooh, more like dick so cold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did laugh when the guy was sitting in bed watching scrambled porn because I haven't seen scrambled oh, in porn the hotel on TV you know, in ages. So, weirdly, the scrambled porn is the de- weird sex scene that was out of place in the second movie. Is it really? Yeah, I, d- I didn't realize oh, that. Wow. But, yeah. Well, it's funny because two things we've just talked about remind me of episodes of the Goldbergs. One where they do the urban legend episode and. Barry does the pop rocks and soda, <laughs> and like Erica's gonna do it, and Grandpa slaps it out of her hand. <laughs> and then they also have a scrambled porn episode on the Goldbergs. Yep. Um, <clears throat> weirdest brother sister incest since the Folgers commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they might have had a little bit too chem- much chemistry. Uh, I don't know if it was the actors or, or what about Legends uh, Blue Lagoon. After I, after I saw the scene with the Rottweiler. I reconsidered what I said about rather seeing bad practical effects than bad, bad CGI. Uh, what about the old stoner lady that they keep going to? For- oh, right on. One of my favorite lines in the movie is when she's cold, she's not interested in answering the door, and they say, Power to the people. And she warms up and opens up the door. I was like, Oh, man. That's <laughs> as good as Leprechaun making uh, Martin Luther King jokes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing can take that away from that one. Um, you know, people people can lick too. <laughs> yes, of course. Another one in here. Uh, there's a Foxy Brown callback in here with a poster. Um, or is it on the TV? I can't remember. Anyways, so we go on and we find out that the person who killed which Mary. I well, there, there, want to say real quick to give the, this movie credit. One thing I did like, which is true in any type of these films was the investigating and I enjoyed using the slideshow and pulling out the yearbook to identify who was with her mm-hmm. and figuring out who she was in the from the pictures and being able to match that in the yearbook. Yeah. I thought that was pretty well then you find out too that each of the each of the kids involved, their parents were involved in the, the original Mary. So it's kinda of like the sins of the father type. And thing. we're led to believe that their coach is the one who's doing the killing and, and killed Mary. But then we find out it's their stepdad yeah. <laughs> who's running for sheriff or mayor. Yeah. He, he's on the ballot for one of those. those. I, know I will he, say I did kind of smell that one. I know he was in the Trump cabinet, but. I actually for a minute thought it was cool if it was going to be uh, Don Shanks with his history of, you know, playing killers. I thought yeah. well, that's kind of cool. They got him acting you know, without a mask or anything. And he can, he'll definitely be able to do that. So they kind of threw me for a loop on that, which I'm sure they weren't banking on everybody knowing right. who Don Shanks is, but still that was kind of a fun twist in that aspect. Wrong. 
You're fake news. <laughs> so uh, here comes my only major complaint with the whole film, but that terrible CGI at the end yeah. with Mary and all that business. It was yeah, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. That's my only complaint. Which there only... to go back to? Are you afraid of the dark? It's cool when they head <laughs> off in the ghost car out of the cemetery. It's a better ending. But uh, <laughs> I also want to bring up uh, when we've got. Uh, Grace passed out in the van, and uh, Kate Mara says, "Damn, that's some chronic shit." <laughs> that was also another moment when I was like, "Oh, come <laughs> on!" And they had to kill the damn dog. Your favorite? <sighs> oh well, yeah. Still uh, had plenty of entertaining parts, and if you've watched two and you're interested in three, why the hell not keep going? Yeah, right. So, and you don't have to see the other two to watch this. Mm-hmm. This is a standalone. I, I I would. I don't uh, think they all are. It's really. I did see. Uh, looking into the movie that that Sony actually sold the rights after they, re- like around the time they were putting this one out, and Urban Legends Bloody Mary did so well on video that they. Uh, I I think uh, whatever studio they sold it to was starting to film Urban Legends The Goldfield Murders, hmm. and so they actually bought the rights back before that movie came out, and it got released as Gold, The Ghosts of Goldfield, which I never watched. Yeah. Um, but so it means in 2005 they bought the rights back and then they've been laying dormant. I would actually, um, I don't know that these need remade, but I would almost, it didn't have to be connected to these movies, but I would be welcome to, to a fourth movie, maybe kind of like starting, uh, starting over a new idea or something. I'd be open to that. Yeah. Why not? Cause I do like, I like the idea of the, these movies. So yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that you said they're all kind of their own standalone films because the only real callbacks in part two is they keep bringing up that they heard that something happened right. in college. Yeah, which it's a cool nod, but it, yeah. it isn't. And the third, and the third movie references dirt. both one yeah. and two as well. Yeah, they oh they heard that this happened. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Anything more to say about the urban legend franchise trilogy, whatever you want to call it, aka white privilege trilogy. Yes. Enjoy them. Yeah. Could have been a whole lot worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, There's certainly worse franchises. So, it was fun. I've got no complaints. Zero complaints about watching these. And I, I think, uh, I, I can't remember the start date of Supernatural, because I feel like that the, the first few seasons of Supernatural, to me, were based off urban legends. Sure, like so, the ghost lady. I kind of feel like this rolled into, yeah. yeah. Well, they even did like a blood, their own version of Bloody Mary. Yep. That's right. So again, I, I I think a fourth film would be uh would be cool or yeah. like maybe a new franchise out of this. Yeah. Well, I would definitely recommend the first film to people. Uh, if they like it, give the next two a shot. I think all three are worth watching. Yeah. 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 I'll give you that. Sure. <clears throat> Word. Power to the people. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right, well, wrapping up another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. One of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by my homeboys, Professor Wagstaff. Hot toddy. Venomous Vinny. Stay scary.